Welcome to this new VVV podcast episode, covering the most recent town hall. Okay. Christian, are you there? Are you there already? Yes, sir. Okay. Good. Great to talk to you again. And yes, sir, good to be here. Great to hosting the spaces once again. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of excuses. But after the mint, um, I unfortunately got very sick, which took much longer than expected to recover. I still have some cough and I'm not feeling at 100%, but I'm good enough to finally keep going. And I did some, some like the most essential work I did in the background silently, but I just couldn't uh, consistently take on the same workload as before. And I, I knew this was coming because I was... Uh, heavily overworked for the mint and I was really pushing uh, the work hours and was sleep deprived but it's what's necessary to get everything done right and now we're back on track we're going to continue with the regular schedule of the events we are going to have um, let me double check on the 10th um, we're going to have the alpha hour again with my main account and we're going to have a guest on um let me just confirm the date in one moment yeah so it's going to be on january 10 and it's going to be at 5 p.m cet and we're going to have a super interesting guest on, someone who is um, extremely successful in a variety of different areas of life. And I'm not sure how, how personal he wants to get, but he has an extremely, extremely interesting life and has many accomplishments in different realms of life. Uh, you know, he has some experience in martial arts and maybe uh, he's going to share one of, the, one of his interesting stories. And he's also moving a lot of money. And that's going to make for a very interesting conversation. And there's also a variety of uh, synergies between what he's doing and between what we are doing. Uh, give me one moment. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's going to be a super interesting event. And then as you have already seen, we already have another alpha hour for the week after scheduled with one of the real life speakers of our in real life event and that's going to be daniel and he's a fitness expert and he has a very very good approach for health and fitness in general and a few of the attendees of our in real life event have bought his book and i think christian um you have signed up with him right Yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm in the program. This is my uh, third week. Oh, incredible! It's been awesome. Do you mind Do you mind sharing anything? Uh, you know your progress so far, your your impression of absolutely. Um, so I, it it really has been um, paradigm shifting in in my life as a whole. Um, I I have I've always um, been. Uh, except for brief periods in my life during athletics and things like that, um, overweight. I've uh, following his 
uh, guidelines, which are very, very simple, um, very straightforward. Uh, I've already lost um, 20 pounds in three Jesus. weeks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's, it, it really is, um, it, it, he cuts things down to, to exactly what you need to know to be a, uh, to fulfill your full potential and, and to be the best you can be with very simple rules throughout your life. So the, so the goal is not becoming obsessed with things that are going to take you away from the work you need to do or, um, time that, that you have, but something that optimizes everything in your life to where it just works like clockwork. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you know, anyone who wants to know, I'm happy to, to talk more about it, but you know, everything from, from diet to mindset, um, to, you know, sleep, to energy, to, um, and, and it, he strikes a, a great balance. I, I find that, um, in the past, most diets have either been someone who just screamed at you every day or, you know, babied you every day. Like, Oh, that's hard. You know, just get back. And, <laughs> and he definitely does not baby you, but it's, it, he really challenges you to change your own mindset so that the, uh, the changes are coming from within, not from without. He's, he's really helping mentor you in, in thinking differently about your health and what it affects in life. Um, and so it's, it's been great. Oh, super great to hear. And you're also right. And I think that's why his uh, approach works so well. It's impossible for an external influence to really change you. The change has to be internal. Otherwise it's, it's not sustainable. And I know he's big on, sustainability and longevity and i know he is approaching it in a really good way where he is setting everything up in a way which intertwines with your life so it's not a huge inconvenience and you can actually keep it up and you can double down and you can really benefit from from the progress but also benefit from the results being permanent and not having any of the uh, ups and downs on the scale, right? It's going to be consistent and you know once you get to your ideal weight, you're going to stay there and you're actually going to enjoy being there. And it's not going to be just a, a sequence of misery and pain and then once you finally get to the goal, then you're feeling so miserable that you're bouncing back to wherever you started from. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have more time now than before I started with the program because I realized how much time I was wasting doing things that that were not beneficial or were detrimental. Um, so it, absolutely, it's it's really eye opening. And how do you feel in terms of your mental clarity, productivity? Like, do you feel any differences? Oh, absolutely. I, one of the things that we had to do um, this week was uh, share, you know, win for the week um, in the, in the group that I'm in, uh, with Daniel and, and some of the other guys that are going through the program. And I, uh, I shared that I had, and I realized that I was spending way too much time just rechecking, you know, things like discord and email and things at night. And he said, you know, there's a time at night where you just need to put it down. And, um, and so, you know, about 30 minutes before bed, 
I'll, you know, stop doing any screens. And, and, uh, my eight year old son, um, just happened to that night, uh, the first night I was doing it, um, want to have a conversation with me. And I talked to him. I, I can't remember it, even what it was about. He had questions about something that was happening at school. And the next day he came up to me and told me how meaningful it was to him that we had spent that time, like even as an eight-year-old. And I was like, man, I, I've been missing something that I didn't even really realize. I, I, um, I have more energy uh, in the mornings. Um, I'm getting better sleep. Uh, I feel less stressed because I have more energy, so I feel more able to handle the things I need to handle. Um, it really has been uh, been a whole shift in in the way that I feel about life and about myself. And like you said, I, I think the biggest thing is anytime you take on a, a life change, you're you're always your head's going to can I do this long-term? Is this something that I can stick with or that I will stick with? Um, Cause that's something Daniel talks about too. You don't say I can, or I might, or I'll try. It's, it's I'm going to. And so the reason that I'm going to stick with it um, is it's incredibly easy. It, it makes me feel better, but it's not something that I've had to spend lots of time thinking about. It's, it's the first uh, diet I've been on where you don't have to sit there and really think about, oh, how am I going to make this work? And how am I going to get the food? And how am I going to prep it? His, all Like you said, his message is find something that works every day that is straightforward. If it's too hard, you're not going to do it. If it's too many steps, you're not going to do it. Um, and offload as much of it as possible. And so um, I'm not suffering. I can eat things I want to eat it's but it's uh you know meals when you're supposed to have them and and portions that you're supposed to have and and preset and it's very very easy to follow I'm very happy for you Christian it's thank you um, I, I owe it to uh coming to the live event and <laughs> getting to learn everything I had I, I would not be making this progress were it not for BBB so thank you sir <laughs> all right um if any of you guys have any questions again feel free to raise your hands to come on stage and to ask them if you are not comfortable talking or if you have some background noise feel free to post a comment and use the hashtag vvv fund and this way um, it's going to show up in my feed and i can see it and otherwise we're going to continue with the next lesson of the academy which is The Founder, which is a movie about uh, Ray Kroc, who is the founder of McDonald's. And maybe, Christian, you can give us a brief summary of um, the content of the lesson. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, for me, this is one of um, the most impactful lessons. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say... Uh, one is better than the other. Each one is very, very important. I think this is a natural evolution. It's a great lesson uh, for one later in the series of the Academy because it really goes into, if if you've worked through a good number of, of the lessons, or even if you're starting out, a, a lot of the first lessons are 
relatively straightforward in their messages. It's you need to pull one or two qualities from this, this character. Um, and then as the lessons progress, you start to see more of the real life examples of how, uh, how these uh, champions or great businessmen uh, really interact with the world. And, and one of the things we start seeing with the students is that we start hearing a lot about, but what about this character flaw or that character flaw or um, talking about how, well, I wouldn't have acted in this or that way. Ray, Ray Kroc, um, this can lesson. You, can you mention a few yeah. examples? Like which, yeah. uh, do you want absolutely. To to so, um, so uh, there are folks who will even as early as the tiger uh, lesson will say like, well, um, with Earl, you know, I feel like he was too hard on Tiger. Or they'll um, they'll say things like with Nick Boletari, um, you know, wasn't he, you know, mean to such and such a student? And and I think that comes from um, a, a you know a misunderstanding of exactly what it, some of the the comments come from. I think a misunderstanding of what it takes to be. Uh, you know, very successful. It's, it's not an easy world and, you know, you have to be a hard driving person to succeed. And I think some of them come from, you know, getting misdirected from the, uh, the main focus of the lesson, which is, you know, the, the better qualities of, of that person, because obviously all people have uh, character flaws and, and that's part of being human and you're, goal as a student is to take the good and to understand what the shortcomings may have been and try to, to not, uh, you know, get those shortcomings when, when you face things. Yeah. Um, but there's I, also, you know, yeah. just to elaborate on this, like there's yeah. also always side effects uh, or there's always, um, cause and effect, right? So you can't have right any, an effect without the, um, you know, without like it's like a scale, right? Yeah, it cannot be balanced all of the time. And if you sometimes you have to be ruthless in one area of your business, for example, and then there's going to be some fallout in another area because of it. But if you wouldn't have made the ruthless decision, then it would have dragged down some key areas of your business. So there's always cause and right. effect. Like you, you can't make a decision without the decision impacting other areas. Exactly. And, and that actually um, brings me to, to what I wanted to um, say about Ray, because Ray, um, so for instance, Nick Boletieri, um, if for those of you who haven't gotten to that lesson yet, it's, it's a lesson about a tennis coach who is the winningest tennis coach really of, of all time. Um, and and uh, by, by a huge uh, yeah. gap, like he has like 23 Wimbledon winners and the next best coach is like five. Exactly. So um, with, with his uh, coaching, one of the, the things that one of the qualities that we really pull out is this idea that what really benefited Nick is this skill in moving forward, always moving forward, never looking backward and worrying about the past. That, that is something that we we need to take from that lesson. 
and be able to do. Well, then you'll see comments from students about, well, but then he, you know, wasn't very nice to his previous students or wasn't, you know, as, as good to those who weren't winning. And it's like, well, just like you, you said, Sean, you can't have both of those things, right? <laughs> if you have somebody who constantly looks forward and is perfect at that, they're not going to look back and try to make sure everybody feels okay when they move forward. Um, it's also not and so, possible. And it's exactly it, right. Because if, if you do this, then you have only a limited amount of time and energy in your day. And if you spend the time on the ones who don't perform and you try to make them feel better, or you, you have too much empathy for you to actually focus 100% only on the winners, then you're not going to be able to do the best by those who need your full attention. So that's like, if he would have tried to be nice with everyone, it's, it wouldn't have worked out and he wouldn't have been as efficient. And yeah, you have to look exactly. at it this way. Like someone who has a lot of potential, they deserve all of his attention and all of his focus and those who don't have the same potential it's just not worth spending the time on them on them because they're never going to be able to perform at that level and of course it's harsh but it's the only way to reward the ones who really deserve all of the attention all of the success and who really have the potential to become like icons in what they do so it's you know it's, it's just like whenever you try to please everyone, it's never ever going to work out and you're going to do a lot more damage than if you're just being very blunt and very straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I think uh, some might even say it would be cruel to those um, who he saw were not going to make, you know, make it into champions to keep drilling them like he was. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's better to say in, in some ways, it's kind of like the homework we did with Neutron Jack, uh, with GE to say, you know, I'm sorry, but you don't fit with our company anymore. My concern is not why you're not producing it is that you're not producing. Maybe you, you would do better in a, in a different, uh, in a different job or, or in a different position. Um, so Ray uh, is, uh, or what a lot of people call the founder, which is um, the movie, is the man who really took McDonald's from sort of a small town concept uh, with almost uh, no other restaurants than the original one with the McDonald's brothers and took it and made it a, a worldwide um, industry. And the movie is is very impactful, I think, for a few different reasons. Um, one being, and we'll get to this as, as we discuss with Sean, but um, you know, the qualities that made him drive like he did because he was later in life um, and did not have a lot of business success before that. Um, but also the things that he had to do to get there. And, and I think, uh, the conversation we've just had is a great preamble to that because some of those things are, are things that are, I think, easier for readers and, and watchers to accept pretty openly. Like, oh, you know, he was he was a hard-driving guy. He had a lot of ambition. Um, and then there's some real, real-life business <laughs> um, experience in there that is some pretty 
um, difficult stuff uh, for some to get their head around as far as like the things he did, uh, you know, around and, and to the McDonald's brothers as he kind of forced this into um, a much bigger venture than I think they had ever envisioned. Um, and, and so that's, it's been one that I've been very excited to get to with you, Sean, because I think it is if, if Nick Boletari was the, you know, 101 or, or, and Earl was the 201 or, or whatever, I think this is really getting into more advanced stuff because this is real life and, and really shows, I think, uh, better than most, the process of, of becoming uh, great and the process of, of making uh, a huge life change and also creating something huge and the difficulties uh, that come along with that and, and uh, uh, the pitfalls yeah. that come along with it. And the reason I picked the lesson is because he was old when he started and he didn't have any success beforehand. So he was, uh, and also because he was a sales guy, which is a similar background, uh, similar qualification, like many other successful people have. Like the sales background is always going to be a huge plus because he was used to getting rejected all of the time. So that's why he had no problem with keeping, pushing the McDonald's brothers to actually allow him to take the brand and expand it. And, you know, a lot of guys, even if they are just in the like late 20s or in their 30s, they already think they have um, missed the train, so to speak. So they think, okay, now I'm too old, I can't become more successful. But it's actually not true. Like, it really doesn't matter how old you are. You still have all the potential for you to fulfill. And if you set your mind to it, there's really nothing which you cannot achieve. And I think it's super helpful to see that play out in the real world and to have a world-renowned brand and knowing that the guy who founded the thing was already more or less expired by you know, the metrics which many people uh, are used to if you look at school and you know, when society has certain expectations of you. Like, it really doesn't matter how your life has went until today. You can still make a paradigm shift and really tackle something monumental and create greatness in your life. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that really impacted me um, from this lesson was, just like you said, that his his drive even um, later to really make a huge life change. And then the barriers even amongst, um, for instance, his, his wife and, and his friends in, um, you know, uh, talking him down. And, and not really seeing what he was aiming for. And I, I know just from talking privately um, with lots of folks, um, but also reading the lessons, that a lot of people in VVV, a lot of the members are going through something similar to one extent or another, which is I'm, I've decided to really um, grab, grab life by the balls and, and go in a different direction and uh, grind for what I want it to be um, and then have folks around them that just don't understand. Um, I know you've talked in the past of how important it is, the the people that are around you, but 
can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the difficulties that, that, or, or even the concept of having to move away even from, you know, close relationships that kind of grab you and, and, uh, try to keep you in, in old mindsets, how important it is that the people that are around you and sort of the changes that, that you've had to make. Well, what they say about you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, that's very true. And I can tell by looking at your friends whether or not you're going to amount to anything. And this is really something where you have to be 100% honest with you and you have to really assess your socioeconomic environment and think about whether or not the people around you are lifting you up whether or not they are driving you to do more or whether these are guys making you feel comfortable about where you currently are or, or if there might even be people who are dragging you down where you might be very ambitious and you might pursue your goals, but you have people nagging all the time and, 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 and questioning you all the time and doubting you all the time. And if you have to, if you're working on something and if, if you're facing resistance all of the time from people close to you, that's really, really a big, big fat warning sign. And you really have to make, you know, some tough decisions to get some distance between you and those people. And it's a, it's a rough thing to say, but ideally, you know, those people are not good for you. You are not benefiting you in any way. You should cut them out of your life. And this might sometimes might be difficult. Sometimes it might even require you to move and to relocate. But it's something which is 100% necessary if you want to ever achieve living a happy and fulfilled life. And so I, in, in, uh, the, in the Telegram group of my personal brand, I mentioned an example. And this was a guy I met like three or four months ago, I met him in, in the UK and he was heavily struggling with the dynamics in his business. He's in the construction business and in, in construction, it's more or less accepted and normal that your employees steal from you. Like that's more or less something you, you have to live with, right? But he had one of his key employees and he was, I, I don't know for sure, but he was like running uh, some of his construction sites and he was stealing quite significant amounts, but he was still accepting it because it was one of his key employees and he was performing relatively well. And we had a long discussion about the dynamics and the decisions necessary. And after the conversation, the next day he went back to his business and he fired the guy. And since he fired the person and he was very, very, initially he was super, super resilient to consider this and to make the tough call. But you know, it took us a while to to play everything through and it was pretty obvious what had to be done. So he went back, he fired the guy and since then he has tripled his business and last month he has become a millionaire. And it's not, wow. just, the, not just the numbers, but I spoke to him and he literally is a different person. Like he made the tough call and because he, he, he made that decision, he also attracted a new business partner and now they are really like, you know, I think he just signed like a, a $4.5 million real estate deal. Like he's really just making 
insane progress and insane numbers. And he normally they were working on two construction sites. Now they're working on five simultaneously. Like everything is just scaling, expanding. And it's like really he, he, he had a breakthrough and removed one of the mental boundaries he had. And he made one very tough decision, but that might, made him more comfortable with taking more risk and thinking bigger. And now he found a partner who is not dragging him down and you know stealing from him, but someone who is actually telling him, hey, we, ha we have to do more, we have to do more. And someone who's driving him. And now he's also surrounded by people like me and by the, by the people we, we, we know both. And everyone is pushing him and is motivating him. And now he has achieved so much. Now he, listening to him, now I'm getting motivated because now he's putting on uh, big numbers on the board and he's really, really impressive with how, how he has changed and how he's performing. So you really have to be super careful who you surround yourself with because everyone around him was always telling him to be careful, not to take on too many projects and not to take on too, many, too, too much risk and so on. And he was really like, um, yeah, very limited and pretty much suffocating his own business. And now he has removed those chains and it's really like, yeah, watching, it's like watching someone learning to fly. And it's really beautiful and fulfilling to, to see someone remove, removing all the limitations they have on their mind and succeeding in a, at a much greater scale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it gets to what you talked about before, which is the, um, the, I think you called it the crab effect, um, which is, you know, once you make a change or, or you're really trying to, cause you are trying to become a new person, right? It, it, if you continued acting in the ways that you had that made you unsuccessful or moderately successful, then if you stayed that person, then you wouldn't become a great success. You wouldn't, uh, become and maintain, uh, being someone of high value. And so, uh, but the folks around you are going to tend to either, uh, to possibly tend to, you know, no, no, we want the old person, right. Or because of jealousy, uh, want to knock you back down because they're not making that change in their life. And so they want to, it's, it's sort of the sour grapes principle, right? Like that. I don't want that. Why should you want that? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, so, you know, just to add to this, it's really, you have to um, work on becoming aware of this, but it's really the expectations of other people, they really very heavily shape your personality. Like if, if, if all your friends, like all your friends, they know you for a long time. So they expect you to always behave in a certain way. And once you try to behave in a different way, once you try to maybe become more ambitious to take on more risks, like you're going to face it, like even, even if they don't mean it in a bad way, but you're immediately going to face resistance because they're going to tell you, hey man, you have changed. Why are you behaving this way? Why would you want this? And that, that's really a, a big hurdle to overcome. So it can also be, and that's why I'm, I'm really a big fan of uh, relocating and just starting from scratch somewhere else. Even if you don't want to get rid of your old friends, you know, just create some distance and just dive into a new environment, which has no expectations of you at all, where you have now the ability and the freedom to set new expectations in other people for yourself. And that can really be a super strong anchor where 
you set the expectations with other people the right way where the expectations of them of you now allow you not to deviate from the path which you have just set out so for example if christian is now being surrounded by new friends and they see him on his weight loss journey and doubling, doubling down on, on fitness and health they will expect him to stick to his diet because they have getting they have gotten to know him in a way where he is making progress he is consistently updating them about his success and now everyone expects him to you know achieve his goals right where if you're sticking around by your old friends who may maybe they've seen you you know try a diet and fail and you know they might not see they might not have that that high of an expectation of you to actually make it right so being surrounded by new people is really a big opportunity for you to set the expectations of your environment in the right way where now and it's really important also if you have goals and if you if you want to achieve things like write it down and make sure that you uh, you know have your list of your goals but also make sure you talk to other people about your goals because now they will hold you accountable because they will then tell you hey didn't you say you wanted to achieve x by date x and now you look like an idiot if you didn't achieve it right so it's really important to also start and feel comfortable talking about your goals because now your environment is going to hold you accountable yeah i i think that's one of the the biggest um values really in vvv is to make your own life change you know obviously um people come to vvv for a variety of reasons but predominantly obviously to to succeed and and to be um, invested in great projects but um, really the most life-changing aspect of of being um, in this community has been having and and certainly attending the live event is um, having folks that uh, are growing themselves and expect from me nothing less um, and will celebrate successes but also hold me to those uh those strides um and it's the it's really the power of of daniel's program it's it's accountability um but like you said sean accountability for uh the new uh the new you not the old you <laughs> so it's and what, to, what yeah go ahead uh, no fin finish first i'm sorry Oh, no, I was just going to say it's a, it's accountability um, for, you know, the you that you've said you want to be. So they're going to hold you to, just like you said, this new standard and say, what are you saying you want to be? I mean, there have been a couple of times um, in talking with Daniel where uh, it's been a little turn of phrase that I that I just said that was that reflected a a psychological or, or a subconscious you know, uh, something that was holding me back or, or that was like a little excuse that was squeaking out. And he's like, just very calmly, like, do you mean you're going to do it? Or do you mean you're going to try to do it? <laughs> right. Do you mean, yeah. do you mean it, was it really their fault or is it actually your fault? Like, do you have control of your life or do you not, do you have control of your relationship or do you not? Um, so that mindset change to being in control and, and, accepting who you are becoming, not just who you were, is really important. And the people around you affect that uh, greatly, like you said. And words are also important. And so is attention to detail. Like, I, I never say, uh, I try to make VVV the best place for investment. You know, I say VVV is going to be 
the best venture capital brand ever. And it's really important to start scratching the word try from your vocabulary and any, any similar words which like leave you like a back door to not do it. Get rid of those words and make sure you really pay a lot of attention to how you phrase things. Like everything is always, I will do X. And that doesn't leave any room for deviation from actually doing it. And just to double down on what you said about what VVV is and you know what it's going to what what's it turning into, because for sometimes when new people come in and they expect us to only talk about investments, like that's not the solution. And I highly highly recommend everyone to take a look at the pinned at the pinned messages in general chat. And there's one message uh, which I recently pinned, which includes the link to my private Telegram group. And what you will see in there is that the guys who have the biggest issues are the guys with the most success. Because like, as long as you don't have money, all you worry about is money, right? But then you make the money and now you have to start worrying about all the other things because now you realize, okay, I have the money issue solved, but everything else in my life is completely messed up. And that's really the, the hardest part. Like getting the money right is not that difficult. And that's why I keep stressing this point so much like in vvv we take care of all the investments we are making sure we only deliver the best options for you and i'm going to make sure that with the hedge fund we're going to have enough leverage to create significant wealth for everyone involved so the, the money aspect is not that it's not that it's just not that interesting or that complicated like we're going to get our money right like don't worry about it we are going to make it happen like really worry about all the other things which are then either going to make you unhappy once you have the money or which are even going to make you unhappy in the progress and worry about the things which are really painful to face. It's not that painful to be poor in any of the developed countries. Like it's quite comfortable to not have money or to not have a lot of money because life is still acceptably good. So it's not something which is like really going to heavily make you unhappy and again that's also why you know most people don't really strive to achieve the 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 highest amount of financial success but you know really try to listen and try to observe to the people who have already made it because they will tell you no matter to which uh, rooftop party i go no matter on, on which yard i sail like everything feels meaningless and i really don't know what to do with my life and that's exactly where you are going to end up if you don't um, listen, if you don't go to the lessons, and if you don't curate your environment in a really careful way. It's, and also, the, you know, you, the likelihood of you succeeding is going to increase exponentially. Like just, let's just say you, you get lucky with a, a good trade and you make a million dollars, right? You, you're not going to be able to keep the money you're not going to be able to use the money in the right way. You're not even going to be able to enjoy life because now once you have the money, you're going to be very much worried about keeping the money and you know, creating like a sustainable uh, life. And then there's only two things which are going to happen. Either you're going to become super frugal, you're going to be afraid of spending the money, or you're just going to blow all the money or you're going to get scammed by someone else. And like they say, a fool and, and his money are easily separated. And I see this all the time. Uh, I, I, I know a lot of people who got scammed for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's, that's just, 
yeah, if, if you make the money randomly, it's not going to be sustainable. And of course, everyone thinks, oh, I'm not that guy. If I make the money, it's going to be different. But it's just not. Like, I know enough people who made money randomly, and I know enough people who lost the money randomly. And I know people who have been multimillionaires, who lost everything, and who made it back. And these guys uh, rock solid. They have a strong character, and nothing can shake them. And that's really who you want to be. And once you are that person, the money in your bank account doesn't matter. Even if I lose everything today, I know how to make it back. It's really not that difficult. It's not that interesting. You know, really make sure you focus on all the other things, which might not obviously lead to money. But once you get them right, the money will just follow. It's that easy. Yeah, I remember uh, you sharing with me early on, um, when I was uh, starting work as an academy mentor and, um, and I asked you for, you know, uh, I was like, give me all the books, you know, tell me everything <laughs> I need to read. And you were like, if you're wasting your time reading, you know, 30 books about it, he's like, it's, it's, I remember you told me it's not that it's, it's very straightforward. Like the rules are simple. There are a lot of people who reword it over and over and over again in different ways. Um, but it, it's the work that's hard. It's not the, the concepts that are hard. Um, and, and honestly, after you get the concepts down, the work isn't even that hard. I, like I said, with, um, you know, with, uh, Daniel's program, uh, you know, it, it, it's not the diet's not hard. The, the things that I'm doing are not hard. It's just applying the concepts and, and then, uh, you're suddenly living in a, in a different way. It's just making the commitment that, you're going to follow those simple, um, simple rules. But I think that's, and that's something that was really core to the IRL event was that like, just as you said, I think, um, people go, uh, going into it would think, and, and me too thought, well, there are going to be all these talks about money. And it's like, well, no money will follow the commitments you make and the type of person you are. And, the, the work you do on yourself. So the most important thing is mindset. And, and I think that's a question that for um, folks who are new to VVV comes up whenever we do one of these alpha hours, inevitably there's, why didn't we talk more about money? Why didn't we talk more about how to invest? And it's like, because investing in yourself <laughs> is the work that will pay the most dividends and is the thing that will ensure that there is success to follow. If you don't do that work initially, then you're just talking basically into the wind and saying, well, here's a good way here. Here's a good thing to do, but you're never going to do it because you haven't done the personal work to, to grow into someone who can follow that path. Um, and I like, so, uh, and I like the example you gave of uh, fitness because and I said this a couple of times, like everything is the same, like business and fitness and relationships, it's all the same. And in fitness, you can spend years, and, and some people do this, like some people go to uni university or, or some people study it on, on their own. Like you, you can spend years studying health and fitness because there's enough gurus out there who make it seem it's ex extremely complex. Like you have to track your macros and everything is like too complicated. You need protein powder supplements and different workout routines, different diets. And like they make a whole science out of it where it's really super, super simple. You don't, you don't have to read blogs. You don't have to read books. You don't have to study anything like literally just find someone like Daniel and 
spare you all the hassle of accumulating the information yourself, reading through all the misleading information or, you know, reading through many of the articles which are sponsored by supplement brands whose only um, target is to sell you products. Like, just go straight to the source, get to someone who knows how to do it and just do exactly what they tell you. Like, you know, people always... and. This is a, like there's a fine balance here between you know doing your own due diligence and just listening to someone blindly, but if you find the right people, like just shut off your brain and just do exactly what they tell you. Don't question it. Just do everything they tell you, and that's really it's really important, obviously, to find the right person. But if you find someone like Daniel, like just sign up with him. Just do everything he says, and you're going to see the results, and you're going to get to the goal a hundred times quicker than if you would try to do it yourself. Or if you try to listen to five, six different gurus, which are all telling you something different, like things are just not as com as complicated as the world makes them seem to be. The same with crypto. There's not that much to talk about. Like that, all of the TA, it's all it's all a scam. Like no one, you know, Warren Buffett doesn't do uh, TA to find the best time to buy the stock or anything. Like you just look at the very basics, and just like he and and. Uh, uh, Charlie Munger say, like, it, it, you know, it's all the experts just want to charge your fees. They want to, to, to sell you their services. Like everyone just always makes everything much more complicated than what it, what it really is. And I had a conversation with Andy recently and I, I'm going to follow up with him because he was asking me, like, um, we're now pretty much through with most of the load of new startups and new crypto projects out there. So, where do we deploy our resources to, to stay efficient? And I told him that we're now going to start doing due diligence on existing projects and that we're now going to, quali uh, to identify undervalued cryptocurrencies slash undervalued crypto projects on the market. And we are now going to curate a database of those. And we are going to make sure that we then leverage all those companies for the hedge fund which you're building or for the blockchain fund which you're building because we're going to have a lot of capital to deploy and the capital has to be deployed in a very thoughtful manner and buying undervalued assets just like warren buffett did is simply the best and most sound approach ever there's just no comparison and you, you know if you if you've seen someone founding or you know he, he bought the company but if you see someone creating an investment vehicle and turning that into one of the most successful companies on the planet, why reinvent the wheel? Why overcomplicating the process? Why trying to make a science out of buying assets? It's just not as complicated as people make it seem to be. And that's, again, the same for business, uh, for health, for relationships. It's, it's really just doubling down on the basics and making sure that you have a very high awareness of who to listen to and who not to listen to. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited to uh, be part of the first uh, crypto value investing uh, <laughs> firm. So that'll be pretty exciting to be the next uh, Berkshire Hathaway. So um, and let me let me just do yeah. like a, a brief segue in one of the questions uh, we got asked in the comments. So Scorsi is asking, how do you feel about being so sick and the choices that caused it for you recently? Will you keep the same workload if the same happens going forward? Or have you settled on a different, better way to prioritize? Um, 
yeah, to be honest, it's not the first time this happened. Um, and it's something which you more or less have to just accept if you push the boundaries. And of course, I would, you know, I would, um, uh, I would like it better if I could do it without getting sick. But it, through high periods of stress, the only way is through, right? And we're also always on a uh, tight schedule. So it's not like, you know, we can take our time in executing everything. There's other competitors on the market. There's other people trying to do things and they are all slow and they are all, uh, you know, dabbling around and, and not doing much, but I don't want to like lean back and execute at a slower pace because at the end of the day, it's really speed, which is going to allow you to succeed at a great scale. And it, it, we, and Chris, you've been at the real life event, right? So. Um, we spoke with Marco about uh, conflict shocks and your body resolving uh, trauma. And it's, it's just really the same thing with the milestones, which I have for the business. I know that like the closer we get to achieving those milestones, it's always going to be a very stressful um, period in time. And I also know that there's going to be some fallout, um, like at least temporarily for my body to, you know, recuperate and to deal with all the stress. But it, like again, we we come back to the topic of cause and effect. Like you, you can't have it both ways. Like you, you can't achieve super success and not take some hits in terms of the you know your recovery phases from some of the high stress periods. So I'm not going to change because it's uh, you know it's something I'm aware of and it, it, you you can prepare at least to, to to a certain degree with you know the things coming. And I still like, you know, I didn't, I knew it was coming, but I thought it might only be like two or three days. Uh, it took me like, I don't remember, like it took me like seven or even uh, 14 days to actually like um, get a, get over the, the cough and like everything. Um, and maybe I made it worse because, I, you know, I was traveling and I was um, diving right back into setting up the new business structure and everything. And scheduled a lot of meetings, and I had, uh, as you guys know, I, I spoke about this. I had my military training lined up, um, which I now had to cancel or postpone because it just, um, you know, it's just not possible when when your body is still recovering to again without any break go into a high stress environment and to go through everything all over again. Like before you go into those uh, phases, you really have to make sure your health is in check. So. You know, um, I noticed when I was sick, my mental clarity like really heavily uh, declined. And that's why it's so important uh, to do the same thing um, Christian's doing, you know, get your health in check and make sure that you really make the best to improve your performance and to make sure you operate at a peak all the time because you, your body really can only take those hits when you're also 100% healthy, right? So you don't want to go into battle when you're still limping. So make sure that you take care of yourself, make sure that you take care of all the you know, different aspects of your life, uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And then you can face anything and you can also go through with the recovery periods. It's just something, it's like, uh, you know, having sore muscles after workout. It's, it's just something which is a given. Yeah, when um, I remember you, you told me as I was leaving the real life event that um, 
that was likely to from the paradigm shift from you know uh, being faced with all the things I have been and the things that I will be um, that there would be a shock like that and then on the on the plane uh, <laughs> flying home I had about a 48 hour just what felt like a sudden flu it was the craziest thing and then it then it really went away over the over about 48 hours um, yeah i think i had it, like it was crazy three or four people tell me the same thing like andy got sick uh, i think either uh, leon or chessie got sick like it's just it's it's impossible for your for your mind to be shifted in a really significant way for it to not have also some impact on your body and yeah. just to follow up on a comment uh, uh follow-up comment by by chris um you know He's saying, saying this as, a, as someone who has always struggled to prioritize health and other things over success, and now realizing that success is suffering as a result. So, and again, this goes back to like you have to really cover the bases first, right? You have to make sure that your health is in check, your mind is in check, your spirit is in check, and only then you can actually strive for super success. Like you, you can't just skip everything and go right into the struggle of of becoming successful or just doubling down and getting your money right. It's really, you know, you have to make sure that you, your health is in check, you develop the right character, and then you can face everything. But it's really, really important to double down on the basics and make sure that, um, like, you don't have an Achilles heel exposed, which is then going to catch up on you very quickly. Yeah, and I've, and I've definitely um, witnessed that just in making the changes, you know, in a short period of time, even though I, I have a good bit more weight to lose. Um, just making the changes initially has really, uh, you know, almost doubled my, my energy and, and my time to work on things. And it was all simple things that just uh, I wasn't, I, I, like you said, I was not taking care of the foundation. I wasn't taking care of the basis. And um, having those simple changes have, have made a huge uh, difference. So I, I've definitely seen the the follow through of, of that concept. And it's always simple things, right? Because many times the simple things are not the ones which you want to face. Like instead of going to a very basic, boring uh, diet and workout routine, like it's much more exciting to mess around with protein powder supplements and uh, pre-workouts and like you, you can waste a lot of time in, in doing so and it's quite enjoyable to um, you know go back to um, mental exercises where you're reading and you're researching and you're not actually doing the thing you're supposed to do uh, one more question by Tom he's asking how to know if someone is the right person I followed a few people who I felt were real trustworthy but in the end they weren't how do you know when to shut off the brain and follow the right one well, that's also something which you have to learn over time, right? And until you are at that point where you can make those decisions based on your gut feeling, we come back to the topic of brotherhood, where if you know the right people, if you curate the right people around you, then there's a, a, a heavy pre-vetting process going on. Like the reason I trust Daniel is because he has worked with some people very close to me and he has helped them tremendously and they have spoke spoken very highly of him i met him in person and i also know my gut feeling so then you know I, I i confirmed what i already knew beforehand and now i can blindly recommend um you guys to go to him to go in the one-on-one -on -one sessions to get coached by him and 
that's really the easiest way. Like if you want to, um, you know, if you want to overcome the headache of um, maybe trusting your gut instinct and your gut instinct might not be fully developed yet where you can trust your judgment 100%, then the brotherhood is really the best way. And sometimes it's even the only way. Like uh, for some of the business avenues, which I'm currently working on, that's only possible because I know the right people and they recommend the right people to me. And even with going to the tailor, for example, it's very, you know, I've been to a tailor in London and they massively overcharged me and the the quality of the suit was not great. And now I have uh, one of the best tailors in Dubai who is making my suits and I can rely on him 1000% to not rip me off and to really do his best work because he's um, very close to um, one of the people I know who recommended the guy and the tailor has so much and you can really tell he has so much respect for the person who uh, recommended him to me that he will go out of his way to make sure that I'm happy and that everything is perfect to T. And like I said, in my, uh, in my private group, um, he is going to make sure that the buttons are perfect. Even the, the threads on the buttonholes have the right color and the fabric is perfect. Like again, I had a one hour appointment and I spent two hours because we were just making sure that everything is really perfect up until the last detail. And I just got the price list from him today. And it's like, it's not, it's not cheap because it's still tailor-made clothing, but compared to how overcharged I've been in London, it's really, really cheap. And it's su- it's super high value for money. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for you, you know, I, again, I'm going to open up the lifestyle section in VVV. I'm going to post uh, some of the outfits I've uh, put together. And I'm going to also um, give you guys the resources to be able to dress well for very little budget. And then you guys can, you know, work your, work your way up. And you guys will also know, uh, will also notice that by dressing the right way, people are already going to perceive you in a very different way. And your perception before you open your mouth, that's also already something which is going to set the expectations right of other people for yourself. So like all of it, you know, all of like all the nuances, everything is always intertwined. And it's really, really important to be aware of this. And again, to answer the question, how to know uh, if someone's the right person, ideally it's based on referrals. Ideally you have some people close to you who you can trust. And if you don't have that, then at least you have the community in VVV where, you know, you have, for example, people like Daniel, where now, you know, okay, if I want to take care of my fitness, this is one of the guys I can go to. I can, or if, if you don't want to do the one-on-one, you can start by buying his book, which I think is like super cheap and start by, you know, following uh, the content in the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely, uh, like I said, uh, would <laughs> from, from just the, the impact I've had in, in a short time and uh, my, my way of answering, how do you know it's the right one? I, I would say uh, you ask Sean and he tells you he's the right one, but I'm still working on my gut too. So, um, so one of the things that you touched on earlier was the need to be ruthless at times. And I know one of the questions that really comes to the forefront in, uh, in the founder with Ray uh, he was pretty ruthless with the brothers about uh, pushing things 
forward in a way that he knew was was the right thing for the business. But also, um, you asked about uh, in the homework about being vengeful. Um, can you explain uh, from your perspective what the difference between the two uh, two terms is, and um, then which you think is is useful? What justifies the the use of of either or both? I mean, r- ruthless or being ruthless is just a um, is a must. Like it's a, there, there are no nice, super successful people. That, that's just something which doesn't exist. And if you look at the origins of the word nice, nice actually means idiot. So if you say someone is a nice person, or if you, if you know nice people, and if they're just nice, you know, the, the word I think actually stems from being naive. And that again stems from, you know, some of the, like, I don't know, some of the origins of the word eventually come back down to the word idiot. And that's usually like if so, if you say someone is a nice guy, like it's normally not something you not someone who you hold in very high regard. So you don't want to be the nice guy because the nice guy, especially in business, just gets uh, run over. So being being ruthless is just something which you have to get comfortable being. Yes, there's really no way around it because if you if you're not being ruthless, you're not going to be able to do right by the right people you're going to deviate from the path you're going to get corrupted and you're eventually going to end up in the wrong place so ruthless really is a necessity uh, is a necessity now vengeance and being vengeful is something which can be useful if it's used in the right way but i wouldn't try to start out with um, the goal of you know of vengeance um, you, you can look at, at people like Andrew Carnegie, like um, he was an extremely vengeful guy and even his mother, um, when they were more or less, uh, when they left their, um, their city in shame because the, their business went bankrupt, you know, his mother had the dream of coming back into the city in a, uh, I think in a fancy carriage and to really show everyone um, that they made it. And they actually eventually did this right. So it, it can be a motivator, but I think initially it's not something which is good to hold on to because because it can lead you also down the wrong path and it, it can lead you to um, pick shortcuts and it can also um, make you resentful of other people as well. And that's really something which you want to avoid at all costs because as soon as you become resentful, you're going to lose the ability to feel joy in your life. Uh, I've been down this path as well. And it's, 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 it's a path which is easier to take. It, it's much easier to, you know, to, to fall into the dark hole of vengeance and, 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 you know, feeling hate or resentment to other people. But it's not something which is going to be super helpful for you. Like you, you at times it's useful. You know, at, at the Real Life event, we've heard the, the story of Dorian Yates. And it's a good mindset to have to wanting to prove people wrong that can be a good motivator but don't follow the path where the proving wrong now also becomes you know actions where you're actually taking revenge at some people like that's not the right way in my opinion like the best form of revenge is to become super successful and let the success speak for itself you don't even have to like follow up with 
old friends to like rub it in their faces, you know, just just achieve the success you want and, you know, let, let eventually that talk uh, for yourself. I, so I had no idea that that was the uh, origin of, of nice. And I just looked it up um, while you were speaking. It says nice comes from uh, the originally the Latin meaning ignorant or unaware. Um, and actually is from the root. So science comes from the root uh, skire, which means to cut or to know. Um, uh, Cause it's like cut to the truth. So nice is nay skire. So to not know. No. <laughs> and in fact says that you're agreeable in more common terms means you're agreeable and harmless. <laughs> so that's really eye opening that, um, that, you know, you always, you hear that phrase, you know, um, nice guys finish last. And it's like, well, of course they do because they just agree to everything and they're harmless, which is the complete opposite of what you're trying to teach people to, to be, if they're going to be successful. That's, that's incredibly impactful. Yeah, and then ben, Dan Pena says, if there's one thing he wants everyone to know is to be more selfish. And that's really, really important because there are periods in life where you have to be completely and utterly selfish because you have to take care of yourself first before you can go out and help other people. And that's also, I think we spoke about this before, the you know temporary phases in your life where you have to become the lone wolf the monk who is just focusing on one thing and improving his character and improving himself before he can then go out into the world and get access to a brotherhood and actually be someone of value to other people. Yeah. And so one of the things that was really challenging, um, you know, to me when I read it and, and that I wanted to kind of hone in on something you said in, in a previous lesson, um, I, I believe it was the last alpha hour we had, or it may have been the one before, but you mentioned the importance of, or, or the tendency of those who have had money before um, to act in more, um, I don't know if honorable is the right word, or, or just consistent ways about money, to not be pulled um, by the money itself into acting in ways that you would not, uh, that would not uh, get you success and, and would not be consistent with your inner values. Um, and in this uh, movie, it, and you ask about it in the questions for the Academy, the idea of the handshake deal um, where Ray said, look, I'll, I'll give you a, you know, this much of a percentage and then didn't. Um, I, what are your reflections on that? Do you, do you view that as, something that uh, was was a necessary artifice to trick the brothers into signing? Was it something that you would or wouldn't have done given the same situation because you've had money before and so this was, you know, he, he gave him his word or is it, would you see it as, no, they were foolish to even take it and that was all on them and how how do you perceive that that interchange and and do you have kind of a uh, a perspective on how you might have have handled uh, that if you were in Ray's shoes? Yeah, very very good question. I would have uh, not. I would have stuck to my word, right? I would not not have uh, ripped them off and not have stuck to what was agreed on. But I also understand why he did it 
because they've been like you have to understand he saw he saw so much potential in McDonald's right and the founders of McDonald's the two guys the two brothers they didn't see the same potential in their own business so someone externally had to like break down all the walls and he had to go through so much pain and sacrifice and against resistance of the guys who should have been on his side so he had to work against like everyone else but even in his own ranks the two guys eventually just have become baggage which he had to drag on and drag on and they really you know had been they could have ruined the entire business for him right they 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 have been uh, at the end of the day they have become a liability to what he was doing what he was uh, initially trying to do and what he eventually accomplished so i completely understand why he eventually ripped them off because they have put him through so much pain where now he became resentful of them right so he he didn't care what he had to promise them for them to sign the deal because he knew he wouldn't hold his word anyways so it's not something which i would have done but i do still understand why he did it and you might even argue you know he had to do it um for well he didn't have to he didn't have to not give him them give them the money and give them the the revenue share um but he at least had to promise them because he had to make it work and he had to um for the sake of the business make them sign the deal yeah uh, and i think one of the things that's very interesting to me about oh um, maybe i'm sorry go maybe ahead. one more yeah. one more thing to know, to know here like it was only 1% right if i remember him correctly right so, yes sir. so you know you have to understand it was not something which he did because of the money like he was he would still have you know he would still have got 99% of the profits so the 1% doesn't matter it was a matter of principle like he did it to make a statement like he, he very um very obviously and very uh, knowingly did it just to to make a statement just out of principle it was not because he was like too greedy or because the money mattered it was really just to make a statement like it was something which he did out of principle no i think that's really uh, that's a really good point because it, it in the grand scheme it would not have i mean it would have been a lot of money because it's mcdonald's but compared to the money that he was making and and that McDonald's became it yeah, it, it, would it would have it, it would have the point of the entire thing is it would have mattered to them that's exactly the point of everything like in the grand scheme of thing it wouldn't have mattered to anyone but it would have mattered to them and that's why they didn't get it so one of the the things to me that's an interesting juxtaposition that so when i've heard about and and others may um may have this same experience when I've heard about this story before uh, not watching the founder and, and not knowing anything about it. I've, I've heard Ray Kroc, the man who stole McDonald's dot, 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 right? Like that's, I've, I've heard about uh, that in popular um, uh, <laughs> discussion and some, I think initially when they're, when they're even maybe watching the movie, but when they, hear about the McDonald's brothers saying, no, we want to stick to, you know, real ice cream and no, you know, we, we don't want to expand too quick because uh, X, Y, Z. Uh, I think there's uh, maybe an immediate bias towards, well, they're sticking to, you know, what they believe in and, and what they think is right for the business. But then as you watch more of the movie, you see that 
much of this is coming out of maybe fear, maybe laziness, maybe, um, you know, a, a lack of ambition for what it can really become. And, and one of the things that you point out in the lesson is this idea of pride of authorship. Could you uh, maybe expand a little bit about, uh, so you talk a lot about having a core set of values that, that drive you. How do you know when those those the things that you would call values, right? That that maybe the McDonald's brothers would say, "No, I'm standing on principle," are really just excuses to not be more ambitious or to not be more successful or to not do the hard work. Versus when you know they are really true values, because I think the pride of authorship really hints towards something that is more about ego than it was about success, right? Yeah, as soon as your principles have detrimental success, uh, excuse me, as soon as your principles have detrimental impact on your success or the success of your business, that's when you have to revise your principles, right? And then you have to weigh the pros and the cons, and then you have to make a decision. And then right. it really so- comes down to, to, to the values which you hold, like. Um, you know, if it's something which is really insig- insignificant, like for the milkshakes, like it, would it really matter? Like, does it make a difference to the customer? Like, is, is the customer's experience better or worse because they're now using, uh, you know, powdered milkshakes or if they're using ice cream? You know, you might argue that in, in this case, it really was just something which was, um, you know, something they where they might have had too much pride in, just some, in something which really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but something which was very detrimental to the business as a whole. Right. So, and, and I guess that points to another uh, idea that, that we've talked about a lot, which is, like you said, that there's, you know, the need to be selfish or the need to have ego. How do you balance between, is it that if your values are correct, then having ego and having that selfishness is a good thing. And if your values are incorrect then having ego and selfishness can lead you astray. How, Cause obviously their ego in pride of authorship was actually holding them back. Whereas a lot of times I know we've talked about in these alpha hours, the need to have a strong personality and the need to push ahead. So how it, is it, again, going back to that foundation that you're building, and if that foundation yeah, is very, strong, very easy, very easy answer. Very easy answer. <clears throat> like, what, do, what did they have an ego for? Like, they achieved nothing. Like, what the hell do you have an ego for if you haven't, any, if you haven't achieved anything? Like, successful people, they have an ego because they achieved tremendous amounts of success. So the ego actually has substance to it. But the, all, like everyone, and everyone listening, like, all of you guys have an ego but you haven't done shit in your, in your life. So what the hell do you have an ego for? Like an ego has to be earned. You can't just have an ego and be a nobody. Like what the hell do you have an ego for? Like you need, you need to qualify first and you need to build the substance to then be in a position where you are actually, you know, where you should then, where, where you are now allowed to actually have the ego. Like if you're just having an ego for the sake of having an ego, it's, it's always going to be detrimental. Because you haven't even developed your character yet. So your ego is just based and rooted into, uh, in values which don't have any beneficial effect to yourself. And I, I really think that that gets to um, 
the the concepts that we've talked about before with the difficulty with change, right? So that there's a certain ego, quote unquote, that grows around not wanting to change, um, the wanting to stay in the same uh, the same situation because it's easy, it's comfortable, and I know you talk a lot about the importance of change really for the sake of change, meaning that, that you need to constantly be challenging yourself. I know you do that through several different ways, um, you know, traveling and, and putting yourself through new uh, circumstances, like you said, the, you know, the military training and, and things like that. Um, is, is there something that we can understand about? I'm, I know we've come back to this a few times when you've had to make changes in VVV or, or, adjust where we're headed or, or go into a new phase where um, people have, have struggled with it, um, in, including myself. Um, you know, I, I know we had, uh, you had to talk to me at times about the academy and, and what the goals were initially and then what the goals were shifting or when we've added people or, um, you know, what the initial uh, subset of, of users were and then as we added to the community, how that changed. Um, can you give us a, a little bit of your perspective, your philosophy of, of how, how to know when um, that change is needed, how to accept change, just how maybe globally how you deal with change and how, how you view the need to be uh, flexible in certain ways and then, and then maybe hardcore about, you know, a subset of values even while you make those changes? So before I answer the question, for all of you guys listening, and even if you're listening to the recording, I would be very appreciative if you guys could leave a retweet and the like to make sure that the space this event gets the right amount of exposure. And you're really, like with EVV and with the stage we're currently at, we're not looking to expand rapidly and you know, to, to get uh, you know, a massive amount of eyes on us. Right now, it's really, for me, about attracting good people and attracting like if we can get one really solid person per month joining our community buying an nft and joining us like to me that's already a success because we have now an extremely strong core community we have an extremely strong holder base we don't need uh, you know a significant amount of people joining us at this point we really just want to keep attracting really really good people who are adding value to the community who are lifting everyone up and who are just overall making VVV an even better place. So, you know, always feel free to spread the word. Uh, I'm, I'm, Michael had some really good ideas um, with the conferences, and um, I, I spoke to Andy about potentially inviting uh, community members to some of the conferences, um, which Michael is going to attend in the name of VVV. And I think, like, doing it very um, specifically in the way we market ourselves, that's eventually the thing which is going to make us um, more and more successful. Um, now, to come back to the question regarding change, um, I think one of my biggest strengths, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect, I, I know, you know at, at times my, my ego does come out and um, at times it can also be difficult to change. And initially, if someone you know, criticizes you, you, you might always be inclined to say no and you know you you might um, be inclined to follow the path which you have set out initially, um, and this becomes like more and more of a habit. The, the more times you are right, the the more difficult it 
it actually becomes to listen to other people and to um, you know revisit some of the decisions you made. But then again, you you have to act with speed all of the time, right? And if you act with speed, and if you are always decisive, that doesn't mean that all the decisions you're making are always going to be 100% right. And at times you might make a decision, and uh, you know after a while, and and sometimes even like you make a decision today, and then the facts change, and then it turns out that now the decision which at the time was the right one is now not the right one anymore, and. Now you have to be sure that you have the ability and the, the, then you have the ability to humble yourself and then to go back and say, okay, I made a mistake. I have to revisit the decision. I have to alter the way we do it. And, you know, I might have to go back through the pain of making uh, uh, the decision again and, you know, potentially even reverting some of the things you have already set in motion. So that that's something which is impossible to avoid. Like it's just not possible for you to make the right decision all of the time at any point in time. There's always going to be mistakes here and there. And um, as long as your values are always aligned and if you always make the decisions in um, uh, in a congruent way with your values, like none of the mistakes you make are going to kill the business or are going to kill the momentum or are going to be of like a super detrimental effect. But uh, you also have to be aware that even some of the small mistakes, like if you don't, uh, make them right, they might actually grow into something which can kill your business. So the small mistakes are sometimes even the ones which you want to uh, address the fastest and as, as soon as possible because uh, you don't want to have small mistakes grow into something which then can cause a long-term issue. And, uh, you know, I have, I'm actually, I like consistency and I, I like a routine, but I also crave change and I crave um, the excitement of exploring new pathways and I, I really really enjoy accomplishing milestones and then moving on right and so for example with the academy right initially I had to be the guy in the trenches I had to be the guy uh, running the academy but once everything is set and once you have attracted the, the right people and the people of the right mindset like you Christian then now you're in a position where you then also have to be sure that you don't have your pride and your ego keeping you from making the change of, for example, handing over responsibilities to the team. And the same with the research lab, you know, uh, the research institute, and the same with doing the AMAs with the projects. I enjoy doing it a lot, but it's just like, it's not my place to be. It's really something where I had to set the foundation and now I have to um, be sure that I have someone in place, which luckily we have. I have someone who I can trust blindly, which is Andy, and I can let him run everything, and he's doing a tremendous job, and I know that he's going to do it even better than me. So, you know, that that's, yeah. You have to set the foundation in some areas, but then you have to be sure that you um, appreciate change and that you're not the guy eventually strangling the business and keeping it from expanding and blooming. Absolutely. Well, I, I have more questions, including one about uh, the difference between change and Machiavellianism, but I think we're reaching uh, to the uh, 90 uh, minute mark. So I wanted to see if uh, let's this is a good question. place to cut it off. Like, now you've made it interesting. So uh, let, let's go. To, uh... <laughs> well, that was the hook for next time. Um, so, 
So, and, and I think this is a great lead in if we, uh, if we start to talk about the, um, uh, the shark test. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but one of the things that has always really interested me is, is like you said, there, the need to be able to change with new circumstances is obviously, uh, you know, vital. Right. Things change and you see that one thing works and, and another thing doesn't. And, and you have to, to make the shift. And um, we really see that in the McDonald's homework. Right. That, that they were unwilling to change um, and that that really was holding the business back. But one of the things that uh, really, I think, falls into the realm of Machiavellianism is this ability to to not stand by any particular principle to be able to shift with the wind because it will benefit you the best. And so I, I think uh, one of the, the difficult dividing lines for some is they get, and like I said, I, I think there are some who would read the McDonald's homework originally, or, or at least the story originally without watching the movie and say, well, wait, the brothers were sticking to, they had made a commitment that, you know, they were going to stay to real ice cream, right? I mean, especially in today's world where everything is like, well, I'm going to compete uh, by saying I, you know, fry in only this oil and I, you know, <laughs> you know, I butcher the cow out back and then make the burger right then. Um, so what do you see as the, as the difference without, uh, I, I don't want to break up too much because I know we have a, a lot to talk about with the shark test, but the difference between being able to change when change is necessary and not doing it in a Machiavellian way that is, um, uh, I guess, backhanded or or would lead one to not be able to trust you with the next change. Well, there's two, two sides to this, right? One is if you just, like, if you develop your character enough, for you to score low for Machiavellism, then it's very unlikely that you make any of those decisions for the wrong reasons, right? And then the second part to this is how you communicate the decisions you made. Because it, it can, it's very easy for you to make the right decision, but for this decision to be perceived by others for the wrong thing, if they lack the context. So whenever you make, like, it, and it depends, like if you, if you run your own business or if you are a freelancer, then you know, you're not really accountable to anyone else but yourself. So there's not that much explaining to do. But if you have more stakeholders than just yourself, then you have to be sure that you're very, very transparent about what decisions you're making, why you're making them. And if you change something, why everything is going to be different now. And you have to be, and again, this is the part where uh, the copywriting comes in very handy because it allows you to communicate in a way which conveys the core point of everything in a very concise manner. And it also allows you to um, consciously frame what you're doing in the right way. Because it's very easy for you, like it's super, super easy for you. Like, and the best example is like if you're raising kids, because they make it very obvious to you. Like, it's very easy for you to wanting to do something good for them 
and then you say it the wrong way and then there's a lot of resistance from them. Like you have to be sure you, you phrase things in the right way for them to also buy into it. And this is something which is vital. And it, it, it really doesn't matter if it's something that's good for someone. Like if you phrase it the wrong way, they're going to meet you with resistance and you have to make sure that um, you get them to buy into it first. Like you, you, you can't, as, soon, as long as you have uh, external stakeholders, you can't phrase things in a way where you are forcing something on someone and they either don't have the, the right context or they don't have the right frame where you allow them to then actually buy into it and understand that it's the, the best thing for what they want as well. And I really think it's it's also one of the things I've always appreciated about um, BBV and, and your approach too, Sean, is that anytime, you know, somebody is questioning something, you, you are willing to discuss why you're making that change. Uh, Christian, um, just give me that, one minute. Yeah. Uh, one second. Oh, no problem. I, so I was just um, wrapping up by saying, I, I think one of the things that has been so impactful, if not the core thing that has been so impactful about VVV is um, your leadership style of, of always being open to those questions. Cause I, I can only imagine that at, at times it's frustrating because you know exactly where it's going and why you're doing it. And then you have to re-explain it a few times to <laughs> the rest of us that sometimes take a little bit more time to see what the, what the vision is. But um but yeah, for me, to, that's to, been to, what's core to the change is that you're always accountable to the change you make and, and to the people who uh, who are in the community. Yeah, and to add to this, like you also still have to set the boundaries in a very clear manner because if you start explaining yourself too much, then people will expect you to explain every step of the way. And if you explain too much, then people will also start to distrust you because like, why do you talk all of the time? Like, why do you ex explain every single thing? Like, what's up? You know, why, why are you being um, so concerned about explaining everything? Why are you not just doing the right thing all of the time? So there, there's a fine balance between explaining certain things which need to be explained and by not falling into the habit of explaining everything all of the time, because now, all you're going to do is explain yourself and not actually take action. So that's why sometimes like on, on certain topics, I just, I just don't want to explain myself because if I open up Pandora's box and then spend all my time explaining things which are either not relevant or which are just too complex to you know, spend the time on, then my, my job is just going to be talking about what I want to do and not actually doing it. So that there's a fine line here where you have to be transparent, but you also have to be sure that you show with your actions that not everything has to be explained all of the time, that people can trust you to make the right decision, even if they are not looking, even if no one is looking, that things are always going to be done in the right way. And that's something um, which, yeah, which I'm very proud of because I, I you know, I, um, I, consciously put myself into positions where other people had to trust me a lot to, to you know, to, um, to make, um, to, to deliver certain results. And then I went back and delivered everything. And, you know, I, I stuck to my word and I did everything the way I, I said I would do it. 
And now there's less explaining, which I have to do, right? Because people have already seen me deliver and I've done it not just once, but twice and three times and, and so on. And now like everyone knows if I say I'm going to do X, then they don't have to worry. They can just wait for me to deliver and to take action. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, just want to add that, you know, when, when I'll get, uh, you know, direct messages sometimes and people are like, so what's really going on? I'm like, you know exactly what I know. <laughs> Sean's got it. I trust him, and and he'll let us all know when <laughs> when the next piece of information is. And I think that's, like you said, that the core of it is really the the trust that um, that you've established with the community. So, um, and and that's you know part of these events is is getting a window into into how you've done that and and the um, you know the qualities by which uh, you know other very successful um, people, in, including yourself, have, have been able to make those changes. So thank you for sharing your time with us. And I really enjoyed another alpha hour. I, I was missing it for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Trust me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm very much looking forward to the alpha hour, um, which we're going to have on Tuesday. And again, Christian, thank, thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for showing off. Uh, with your results and with your progress on your health and fitness journey. I'm really, really proud of you. Thank you, sir. And I really appreciate everyone. it. Thank you, Christian. And I'm, uh, I also thank everyone again for listening in, for showing up, and for going with us through the bear market. And I can reassure you guys, the bear market is not going to be boring for us. It literally couldn't be any better for us. It's the right time to look for the undervalued assets. It's the right time to continue with the seed and private round investments. It's the right time to, and I, I hate using the word uh, build, but uh, it, it's the right time to build. Like it, it's the right time to put our heads down, to focus on what, what we're going to accomplish. And it's, it's the right time to attract the right people because there are less distractions. And whenever I talk about the blockchain fund, to the network which I'm currently expanding and, and uh, in which I'm involved in, like everyone is interested because it's just the the most logical and most attractive next step from what we're doing. And I'm very excited to work on it silently. And I'm even more excited about slowly rolling out um, the individual milestones, which are then eventually going to lead to us accomplishing the grand goal and Again, I want to reassure everyone that being a stakeholder in VVV is going to pay off exponential dividends, not just financially, but also for your personal life and for your financial success in other realms. Like it's, it's really, it is the place to be. And the brotherhood, which we have been lucky enough to, to, to build, is really one of a kind. It's... Um, the real life event which we had was really magical, and I'm soon I'm soon going to announce the next event. Um, it's it's either it might be in Marbella in February, so that's currently what I'm um, what I'm heading towards to. Um, I'm going to let you know in due course. It's not going to be as spontaneous as the last one. You're probably going to have like three to four weeks um, of preparation to make sure that your schedule is free for the dates. And um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing some of you at the event. It's again going to be 
limited to like 10 to 20 pe- uh, between 10 to 12 people i think that was the, the right size uh, for the event it's going to be at the same price again and it's going to be longer than the last time uh, it's now going to be a, a seven day event and the, the schedule is going to be um, less less stressful I'm going to allow for more time in between. I'm going to allow for more bonding because that's really something where I think the, yeah, I think the content was extremely impactful, but I also think that just being together with like-minded people was equally as impactful. And I I want to allow everyone to uh, spend significant amount of time amongst each other, but also to spend a significant amount of time with me personally. Um, because I really want to get to know the people in the community. And I, I, I've noticed that um, like seeing everyone and shaking everyone's hands, that really has made VVV a lot more real to me than just having you know, the PFPs and the online personas. And meeting the team members also really had a significant impact on myself where you know, it, it really humbled me uh, it really humbled me that such good people look up to me and trust me and that, that they bought into the vision of what we do. So thank you once again. Thank you guys for, for coming to the Real Life event. And anyone who is planning to come, you know, I can reassure you it's going to be an absolutely life-changing event. Like It's impossible for you to show up at the event and leave the event without your life being different than, than what it was before. Like It's impossible for the event not to impact your life in a meaningful positive way there's just such a dense energy of driven people of good people of genuine people which you just don't get access to in your normal life it's uh, it's a really a magical event and i highly highly encourage everyone to you know to um, apply for the event again it's going to because i, I you know i know for sure now because especially because it, it was so good the first time now it's going to be oversubscribed again anyways, right? So, you know, make sure that you're active in the server. Make sure that you contribute. Make sure that uh, I know your name. Uh, I know your handle, you know, from seeing you around. Make sure that somehow you provide value to the community and then the likelihood of you being accepted is much, much higher. And I already know, uh, you know, a lot of our whales, they plan on coming and I'm very much looking forward to, me- to meeting them. And also don't be intimidated. Like it, it really doesn't matter whether or not you have the, the whale NFT, the shark NFT, the, the dolphin NFT. Like you, you, it doesn't matter how much experience you have or how much financial success you have. Like it, it's really just about showing up. And uh, you know, once you show up, then you notice that everyone else is going to respect you. Everyone is going to treat you in the best possible way, and you're going to be surrounded by the right people who are going to inspire you, who are going to allow you to want more for yourself and which are also going to reassure you that whatever you want to do, you can achieve. Like there's really no no limits. Uh, no one listening to this has any limitations in their life of what they can achieve. And that's really, really important to realize because I, I, I want everyone who's a part of VVV to be the best version of themselves, to be the best person in, and I, I was about to say businessman, right? But I want to be sure that uh, everyone understands that women are more than welcomed to join the event. Like it's not a man's only event. It really was 
just a coincidence that the first event turned out to be only uh, male members. But it's, it's certainly not a, a men's event. Like anyone, male or female, can sign up for the event. And I, I'm very much looking forward to having some of our high caliber uh, women show up at the event as well. I think it's going to make for even more interesting discussions and conversations. And with this, I want to close the event today. Thank you guys for joining the Alpha Hour. And I'm going to see you again, hopefully on Tuesday for the Exodus event. And then latest on Sunday for the next Alpha Hour. Thank you guys once again. And talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.